Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Monday Memo. Now, over the years finance professionals having gone through business school or as part of our accounting training, we've been taught and introduced to various tools and mental models that if we apply correctly, will go on and create more value for our organizations and enable them to be more successful. So these tools and models are those like we see around risk management or opportunity cost or comparative advantage, Kaizen, variance analysis, customer account profitability, beyond budgeting, uh, balance scorecards. There's so many useful tools out there, but how many times are they being applied properly or how often at all? And if they are, are they being done inconsistently and, um, and haphazardly? You know, and this is quite frustrating because as finance professionals, we've assimilated all these potentially really cool and valuable financial tools and models, and we're not actually applying or making full use of them. All right, okay, so some of you might ask, but does this really matter? And I always come back to the statistic that really haunts me is that given nine out of 10 businesses will fail in the long run, that's sort of within a 35 year time frame, right? And, you know, even given that half of the, the largest companies that featured on the, the 2000 list of the Fortune 500 aren't even there at the moment um, today, you know, like the answer is obvious these are pretty poor numbers or pretty poor returns for a profession that purportedly is meant to be there to help businesses be sustainably profitably and growing and if we're really doing the best job we can do at applying these tools or making sure that our mental models are right then we'd be creating value for businesses now we may not be successful all the time because of politics market shifts and so on but imagine if we could start practically applying these tools models would we not go some way to maybe having instead of one out of ten successful businesses in the long run to maybe two out of ten that's a hundred percent improvement so why aren't we using the tools and models that are disposable and why aren't we yielding effective results we really should be getting as part of our profession well one is i believe that we've not been actually shown how to use them properly i mean we've struggled to take the knowledge we've picked up in the classroom and transport it into our businesses you know we've not been shown how to develop these tools into the right mental model so we've not been able to simplify them or organizing all those myriad of inputs that we get from the world around us into the right value drivers in order so we can correctly shape and support our thinking the decision making we go on to support our opinions our values and the necessary impacts we go make I mean, how many failed businesses implemented budget cycles or variance analysis or even had balanced scorecards? I bet there's loads of them. And to compound matters, because these models have not been correctly applied, we don't get as good a grasp of the financial or the historical trends so that we can then make effective sense of what we see going on in the numbers. So we're really limiting ourselves. It's quite key to be able to be shown how to apply them properly. And then the second area is, these models, these mental models or tools, they just don't fit reality anymore. Because if our models are to be constructive, and if they're to be beneficial to us and connect us to reality, so we can improve our ability to assimilate new information, update them, refinement, when they don't fit reality, in the worst cases, they're actually very destructive. I mean, you've probably all heard uh, that people used to believe the earth was flat. And, and, he, and that's the case, even though no one's actually proven that to ha, have had anyone fall off the edge of the earth. But that meant that people who thought about traveling to certain far off places had loads of people convincing them not to do it 
or they ended up behaving accordingly and, and didn't take those necessary steps. And a major consequence of that flawed thinking, if you think about it, it held people back from making progress and discoveries and opportunities or finding them along the way or delaying them until the likes of uh, Christopher Columbus challenged the conventional or the particular mental model at the time. So look, in finance, a quality of our model goes on to determine how well we can add value to organizations. And there's actually a few things we can do about approving them. One is just be aware of our biases. You know, we consistently remind ourselves that just because we believe or want a thing to be true doesn't actually make it so. So just because we've predicted that a price decrease might increase volumes along that product line, if our financial model doesn't uh, report or look at the broader picture, uh, and perhaps pick up a decrease or cannibalization on another product, then we're just kidding ourselves. Two, our models mustn't be um, overly complicated or too simple because in effect, you know, it mustn't be missing those key drivers or secondary consequences. And that's why things like three-way modeling that ensure if we want to make, say, an investment in headcount uh, or produce more, you know, produce the extra units or the extra productivity that we expect. Do we see it playing out in the additional revenues or lower uh, or higher expenses in the income statement? Um, do we see it in extra inventories or improved working capital in the balance sheet and the timings of the future cash flows that should be, uh, be coming in to pay for that investment so that we're creating value? You know, our models need to be checked whenever they get the results we don't anticipate because we must be open-minded to be uh, thinking, have we missed something? Uh, is there a way of improving and refining the model so we can make better decisions in the future? And actually a key one, what I don't think a lot of people do is actually, they should always be challenged even when they've been proven to be accurate because we need to constantly be asking ourselves if our own way of thinking and behaving is actually similar to thinking that the world is flat because we've just accepted the conventional wisdom. And this is the last point is why, in particular, why we invite people on to the Strength in the Numbers show. You know, they furnish you, they share with you their stories on the things they found challenging and also where they've improved and developed their thinking. And that helps our finance world become less flat because in turn, we become more well-rounded from them sharing their hard-won lessons with us because those conversations allow us an opportunity to reevaluate our own mental models, the tools we use against other people's practical experiences in the world around us. And so that allows us to go and improve our own ones and enhance the constructive impact we can make in our organizations. So look, I hope you enjoyed this episode about mental models and how we can assimilate new practical experiences to make them better and question our own reality to see if we are thinking the world is flat. And if you did enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Let them know about us on all the major platforms, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher and iTunes. And we really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So until next time, take care of yourselves and let's keep on building our strength in the numbers.